As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Women have been giving birth for centuries, so it's a pretty natural experience, right? Wrong. I'm Stephanie King, professional doula, childbirth educator, and the creator of the My Essential Birth Course, the online childbirth education course that's helping women everywhere confidently achieve their best birth. Today's culture would have us think that birth should be treated like an illness or an emergency, and that most of us need other people telling us what's best for our bodies because we aren't the experts. So sit tight, because if you're tuning into this podcast, you'll probably start to believe in your body, your intuition, and find yourself empowered and confident to do what it takes to have the birth of your dreams. If you like listening to me take you through these weekly topics step-by-step, then you're going to love the My Essential Birth course. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast and definitely head over to myessentialbirth.com for the free downloads mentioned right here in these episodes and to join the birth course and community full of pregnant moms just like you. I have to add a disclaimer that I am not a medical professional and I cannot provide medical advice. All of the information expressed in this podcast are based off of personal, professional, and educational experiences and are my own opinions. Please work with a provider you trust for medical advice during your pregnancy and birth. All right, we're back at it again. Uh, This week's reviewer of the week is Blessed Mama one and she says, best podcast out there. I like you. (laughs) She said, Stephanie is so easy to listen to and gives such wonderful and helpful advice. I listened to this podcast all throughout my pregnancy and felt so confident and prepared to have my baby. I cannot say enough good about Stephanie and highly recommend this podcast. Thank you again for that review. Ah, I'm so excited. Okay. This is going to be one of my quick and simple advice giving to the point podcast episodes. Hopefully. Sometimes I get off on tangents, you guys. I will try to keep it minimal, but I really wanted to hit this one. This time of year, I think it's so important to start talking about how to avoid the holiday induction because it is real. It just is. So I'm going to give you my five best quick to the point tips on how you can make sure to keep that baby exactly where they're supposed to be, even though we're coming up on a ton of holidays, weekends, and other people's fun plans. You know, and as I mentioned that, um, it's not just our providers that we need to be aware of uh, because they are people too and they have holiday plans and all the things. But keep in mind our families and even our own desires um, may need to kind of be kept in check when we are thinking about what is best for our bodies and for our babies to have the birth that you are preparing to have that is the best possible birth for you. So tip number one, that was my kind of aside. Tip number one. Be open and honest and communicate freely with your provider about your feelings and your concerns about how you're feeling for this upcoming birth. And in regards to your birth desires and what that looks like in regards to induction. So 
Obviously, you want to tell them exactly like how you're feeling, what your concerns are, but you also want to make sure that you are asking questions and that you feel free to express any doubts or concerns that you have. Uh, And remember that you have the right to make informed decisions for your pregnancy and your childbirth. So no matter what the conversation is or how it goes, you get to have that final say completely. So keep that in mind. But when it comes to speaking with your provider, um, you know, one of the things that's going to be really important to talk to them about is do you have any holiday or vacation um plans coming up. What do your weekends look like? Um, It is really common. The reason I'm bringing this up is it's really common for providers to up like the induction rates, for example, go up on the weekends um, or later in the week, I should say, before you hit weekends and they go up um, when it comes to vacation time around the holidays. So If you have a provider that's coming up on a vacation for themselves, you might notice that they are recommending induction even though you've never had this conversation and everything's been fine and you're only 39 weeks, you know. All of that kind of starts happening as we move into this period um, around Christmas and such. So keep that in mind. Ask lots of questions, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, Tip number two, you should understand the risks and if there are any benefits um, to having an induction and make sure that you're asking your provider about them. So sometimes, I mean, obviously, if the only reason that we're talking about induction is because you're reaching the end of your quote unquote, you know, like you're getting close to your quote unquote due date, that's a topic of conversation um, that's not, it's like not an evidence-based conversation. Now, if you are approaching your due date and you have gestational diabetes or you have, um, and along with that, like preeclampsia or some other serious things that necessitate a conversation about induction, that is something to, um, to have a conversation about. However, there are benefits when it becomes necessary and there are risks when it's not necessary. And so I think it's really important that you take time to educate yourself and understand what those risks and what those benefits could be. For example, for a mom who's coming up to her due date and she's being offered an induction, you know, there are risks for mom and there are risks for baby. If baby's not ready to go, uh, it's actually our baby that gives that signal to mom to say, okay, it's time. Like we're sending the signal. We're starting oxytocin. Contractions are beginning. Like it is time to go. And with our baby giving that signal, we can be pretty fairly confident, especially later in pregnancy, that they're ready to be born, that it is the time to be born. And with that, if a baby is born even a week or two too early for them, that can cause complications that last into childhood and such, um, including like breathing issues or heart issues. And so it's really important that when we are considering the factors that we think about not just what's going on in our lives and stuff, but what's going on with our baby. Um, And I know that all of us that are, all of you that are listening, you're wanting to do the very best that you can for your baby. And so as we are planning these things out, just remember that our baby really does give that signal and generally knows best on when things are ready to happen. The other thing is that there are risks for mom. Those risks for mom include all kinds of things, but sometimes, especially for a mom who is planning to have um, a more natural experience in the way of 
maybe wanting to wait until they get to the their birthplace a little bit, like not wanting to show up before labor begins or before they have their first contraction. Oftentimes, a lot of moms are wanting to wait until a little later during labor till things are like going and, and you're really ready to, to be there. That way you're not spending the majority of your time at the hospital during labor um, or at least that you get some time to kind of ease into it at home. And if that's the case, but you opt for an induction, then realizing that, um, you know, one of the things that you'll be dealing with is having more things happened to your body in the hospital location at an earlier time during that labor. So especially for a mom who's being induced and say you know or don't know your bishop score, but perhaps you need some some help with getting your cervix soft or ripe or opening or dilating your cervix um, just to be able to get the Pitocin going. Like all that happens before we're even talking about creating contractions to have a baby. It's going to be a little bit more mechanical of a situation. And so that just means mom's going to be in the hospital for a longer amount of time. You're going to be hooked up to an IV and monitors. You're going to be using something like Cytotec or Cervidil to soften the cervix, something like a Foley bulb if you need to dilate the cervix. And then you add Pitocin, which is the artificial um, hormone based off of oxytocin. And so then we add all of these things together to try and get things going and we hope that it takes. And then if it doesn't, on top of all that, uh, you may be looking at something like a cesarean birth. So with putting all of that together, it's not even just the physical strain on the body and maybe, um, you know, being in a certain place that you hadn't expected and the comfort, but it's also the emotional weight of how that experience goes and what you expected and what you wanted. So I think those are really important things to be thinking about and consider when you're talking about, um, you know, risks and benefits of an induction. Now, in the event that you do need an induction, holiday or not, um, I'll go ahead and we'll put in the show notes um, one of the podcast episodes about how to have a really successful induction if that becomes something that you need. So this is more of the like how to avoid the unnecessary holiday induction, um, not how to avoid a real induction that you probably need. Guess what, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by Docatot. That means I am talking to you if you are listening and you are pregnant, if you are a birth partner and you're looking for a perfect gift for mom, if it's coming up to the holidays and you've got a friend or a baby shower, I'm talking to you. You guys, I have a 15% off and free shipping code for you. It's all caps, myessentialbirth at docatot.com. That's 15% off and free shipping. Now hear me out because I know if you're thinking about Docatot, it's like me, I'm thinking of the docks, right? Those cute, puffy things that you see that are keeping your baby safe. They come in all the pretty colors. Even my virtual assistants have pictures of their babies in these cute docatots, the dock. But you guys, they have other things too. And I am so excited to present things like the nursing pillow or the swaddles or the romper. Their products are made out of like bamboo and breathable materials. It's easy to wash. They have really cute prints. I love them and I hope you're going to love them too. So remember, go to docatot.com and use code myessentialbirth to get 15% off and free shipping. Again, that code is myessentialbirth at docatot.com. Parenting is hard, but docatot makes it easier. All right. On that topic as well, talking to your provider, understanding what their induction policies and procedures are. You guys know that I tell you to have the induction conversation early on with your provider. If it is simply based off of a due date or what do you induce for? If I'm healthy and low risk and whatever, ask those questions. Do you induce if a baby is measuring big on a late term ultrasound? Do you induce if I'm getting close to my due date? How long do you allow women to go past their due date? 
those kinds of questions are going to be really important to ask. And if they have any policies or procedures that are set behind them, like this is just what we do in this office. We don't allow women to go past 41 weeks. This is what you can expect. And then if you're fine with that, you continue there. And if you're not, you continue somewhere else. Um, And along with that, like I said, making sure to ask for a second opinion. Um, Oftentimes, if you are feeling for one reason or another that something just doesn't sound right, like everything else has been really good this pregnancy and then all of a sudden we're talking induction and it just feels a little bit off, ask for a second opinion. Make sure that you feel comfortable doing that at any time. Tip number three, don't opt for the vaginal exams. I know I said it. You guys, if you haven't heard me say it before, you don't need a single vaginal exam your entire pregnancy. Did you know that? In fact, even on your way into labor, you can opt to not have a vaginal exam. Uh, Yes, there are policies and procedures. Yes, there are things that are in place that way. But nothing says that you have to allow another person to touch you in any place you do not want to be touched, even in regards to pregnancy and birth. So with that said, especially as you are coming up to those later times in pregnancy, at best, at best, a vaginal exam will tell you that your body is preparing for birth. At worst, it will give an opportunity for a provider to offer you an unnecessary induction based off of that information. So if for some reason you are 39 weeks and your provider decides to do a vaginal exam, you consent and agree to this, and there is nothing happening, you are 0% effaced, meaning your cervix is thick and long, Um, you are not dilated at all, you're zero dilated, your baby is up high, um, your, your cervix is not ripe, it's hard as a rock, and it's faced towards your back or interior. If all of that posterior, um, if all of that is happening and your provider takes that information and they're like, mm, it looks like your body is really not ready for birth. I have an idea. Let's do an induction. <laughs> Those two things should not converge. Um, you can have every single thing telling everybody around you out based off of a vaginal exam that your body is not ready to go into labor. And you can go into labor that night and have a healthy baby boy or girl 12 hours later. Nothing, nothing about a vaginal exam tells a provider where you are actually at with when you will give birth. Um, And aside from that, you know, the other side is like at 36 weeks, you could be six centimeters dilated with a super soft soft cervix and 80% of face. And it looks like, oh my gosh, are we going to be able to keep this baby in for any more time? And you can go past your due date. So Back to a vaginal exam tells you nothing about where you are in the labor process until you are actually in labor, and then it tells you you are in labor, but your contractions do that just fine. So especially as you're getting later into those um, final weeks, there's really no reason to be down there unless you are talking about a medically necessary induction, in which case it may be useful information for you to have a vaginal exam and understand your Bishop score which is a score that tells you a little bit about what's happening inside to tell you how much work we'll need to be able to make an induction happen successfully. Um, and and yeah, so keep that information. All that is just information. All, and to say, don't opt for the extra vaginal exam. It's completely unnecessary. It's uncomfortable. And like I said, it doesn't tell your provider anything. Um, tip number four, there are things that you can start doing now 
um, that are kind of alternative methods for inducing labor um, or also just alternative, healthy, good, safe things that you can do to promote your body doing all the things that it needs to do to be able to go into labor. For example, using things like evening primrose primrose oil inserted vaginally. Um, if you are looking at a necessary induction or you're concerned about your cervix being ripe or going overdue, um, quote overdue, right? Evening primrose oil has been shown to soften the cervix. You can also use things like if we're talking about the natural induction methods, you're like, for some reason, this does need to happen. Understanding that it doesn't have to be just the mechanical things that happen in um, a hospital setting. There's things like castor oil, clary sage oil, um, nipple stimulation and curb walking. And there's tons of things that you can do aside from that. Dates to prepare uh, your cervix as well. If you're not interested in the evening primrose oil oil, or in addition to, you can also do something. um, Red raspberry leaf tea is really great. It helps strengthen and tone the uterus. There are plenty of things that you can do to help prepare your body for that natural process and progression of labor prior to going into labor. So if you understand those, I feel like that'll be really useful information for you, especially as you approach those labor times. And then just making sure that you are in touch with your provider, your OB or your midwife, your medical doctor, um, when you're planning to do any of these things so that you can relay the information and let them know what you are doing. Things that are inserted vaginally, for example, like if you had a broken bag of waters, do not insert evening primrose oil. There's things like that, just the, the common sense basic things. But Um, making sure to be in touch with your provider and uh, let them know that you'd like to try these natural things instead if they are pushing for that induction. And tip number five, which may seem kind of obvious, but trust your body and your instincts. This is your baby, your body, your experience. And believe it or not, because I fall into the category that did not believe I had any kind of personal intuition you do. And especially when it comes to birthing your child, you'll surprise yourself about how intuitive you are about the situation. That includes when you are in communication with a provider at a prenatal appointment and they're saying certain things or asking you certain questions or telling you how things are going to go. When you're having feelings or thoughts that are in contrast or in the opposite, that is a part of intuition that we can follow. Like, mm, that doesn't seem right. Or why is he recommending that? That It doesn't make sense. Um, you know, why did she say it to me that way? Is there something else going on that I need to be made aware of? You have a lot more intuition than you probably give yourself credit for. And that goes along into the labor space. So when it is time for things to progress and to get moving, how you choose to do that, um, you a lot of that will be based off of your intuition. Like, I feel like I need to get up and move. I need to lay down. I'd like to be in the bath. I, um, I would like, you know, I feel like I need water. All of those things, as small and simple as they are, are part of that intuitive nature. Um, so remember to that. Remember to listen to your body, um, to what it's telling you, to those signals. Trust your intuition. Trust your instincts as a mom. Uh, and remember that induction is not always necessary or even desirable um, and that you have the right to make decisions that are best for you and your baby. And kind of on the note of that, bringing up, as I did in the beginning, our family members and stuff, especially when we there's holiday stuff going on, um, but even with or without that, the plan that we have for our families to come in and to be able to take care of us or provide help for the postpartum period or to provide help with children during labor, 
all of that is definitely part of what happens in our mind, taking into consideration like, oh, my provider just told me that they have this vacation coming up. And if I don't go into labor and give birth by this date, they're not going to be the provider on call. And that's who I'm comfortable with. And all, you know, something that should have been discussed many months prior or weeks prior, whenever this vacation was planned. Um, those kinds of things can throw you off and affect your decision and how you in in how you choose to either induce or not induce. Um, and there's no right or wrong answer there. There are definitely different personal reasons for induction as well. Um, but along with that is the family. Like if you have family coming into town, that's going to be really helpful. And maybe they're putting a little pressure on you. Like we're going to miss the birth of the baby and we only have this long and, you know, and maybe all of that's true. Um, but you have to do what feels right for you and your body and your baby. So there you have it. Those are my tips. That's how you, (laughs) my best tips on how to avoid um, an unnecessary holiday induction. So hopefully you'll be able to take some of this information with you. Think about it as you're coming up to these next couple weeks, especially as I know some of you moms are going to have those final appointments coming up, um, even into the new year. And it's just really something to kind of meditate on and think about and trust yourself in being able to make that decision. Talk to your birth partner, to your spouse about this. Make sure it's on the birth plan. Have the hard conversations with your provider. Make sure that you're being assertive and that your, um, your birth partner is there supporting you every step of the way. And hopefully you will avoid a holiday induction, enjoy your holidays, and get to see your new baby soon. That's it for this week, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you get notifications first as I drop new episode every week. And don't forget to head over to myessentialbirth.com for all of the free downloads mentioned here and to join the birth course and community serving pregnant moms just like you. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, I would love it if you would take a few minutes to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I read every single one and include one at the beginning of each episode. See you next week.